Hello and welcome to the Innate Wisdom Podcast. Today, Julie Finn speaks with Pete Griffiths. Enjoy the episode. Right, so we're now live. Um, thank you for being with me today, Peter. You're welcome. Um, Peter G, or is it Peter Griffiths? I, I noticed Peter G, Peter Griffiths, I don't mind. Is Peter G your stage name? Uh, actually, I had lots of different stage names for, for, the, for the music stuff. Um, never called peter that was the funny thing about it because oh, okay. <laughs> actually there was someone more famous than me that was actually called peter griffiths so i kept away from that <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. yeah so um so we first met um must have been uh, i don't know the towards the end of 2018 mm. when we were doing the clarity coach training together um you, you i think were going through it as a mentor at that stage is that right yeah. yeah, that was right. Yeah, yeah. Although um, I didn't have the the privilege of being mentored by you, um, but we did get to know each other a bit um, in the exercises. And I, I do particularly remember one exercise that right at the end of the program we talked about limiting beliefs. So I might share mm. a bit of that with you. Um, yeah, I love the exercises, by the yeah. way. And yeah, that's how we got to know each other, right? And yeah. uh, yes, just. Yeah, when I think back about that time, mind blown, just like, yeah. wow, you know, yeah. amazing experience. Yeah. yeah. So um, at the, at your, your kind of work at the moment is, is as a coach, um, you know, consultant, and um, you work with business people and you work with creative people. Um, but I, looking at your background, you've, you've worked in businesses as a manager and leader yourself. And I noticed one thing that you said is, is that on, I think on your LinkedIn profile, that having done that, you kind of got more, you feel like you've got more of a, you know, an insight yourself into what challenges people face when they're trying to develop their careers or, you know, deal with particular issues and problems. And, you know, all, all, the, all the things that are happening in businesses right now, given the peculiar circumstances that we find ourselves in. So um, what, what was the most interesting role you had as a manager yourself? Mm, no one's ever asked me that question before. That's a good one. Ah, uh, ooh, I have to think about that. I mean, show my age now. I've had 20 years on and off experience of leading people, various roles and very yeah. different companies telcos finance companies tech companies travel industry yeah um i think my, my most challenging and interesting at the same time was working for a telco orange france telecom in the uk mm. so at the time i didn't really yeah i don't have the same words now and understand psychology like i do and i'm comfortable talking about this stuff but it, it's it's when i seen the power of coaching back then and i was thrown into the deep end uh and got to learn lots of different parts of the business even though i didn't actually get more senior per se uh, i only kind of climbed the ladder a few times but what i got in return for just saying yes I, you know I, I thought it was a mistake but actually it was a good thing when i look back in hindsight that yeah. I, I i just thought why not 
But then as soon as I accepted some of these roles, I was like, oh my God, you know, a massive dose of um, imposter syndrome. Uh, <laughs> and in the early days when the budgets weren't cut, you know, they were flying me in a chartered plane to the head office in Bristol and sit me in a test bed. And I was responsible for, you know, testing lots of stuff and quite a lot of responsibility, but it was pretty amazing at the same time. And even though I didn't really like how my tenure ended at that company, I can actually honestly say that I was grateful for that experience because for good or bad, I really honed, you know, my skills as a people manager and, you know, I, I really learned what didn't work and what was really useful. Yeah. So for example, I learned early on that micromanaging standing over someone's shoulder and not building trust was actually the opposite of, you know, high performance and it wasn't going to be great for the people I managed. And actually it was quite lucky or humbling at the time because they did give me feedback, thankfully, in a loving way. So, you know, they were like, yeah, you need to stop that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, I, liked, um, I like what you said there and in particular that, you know, you talked about the power of coaching uh, and mm. it sounds as well, you know, the power of being um, in your case, possibly pushed outside of your comfort zone but taking yourself outside of your comfort zone. And um, yeah, I mean, could you talk a bit about what you see as the power of coaching and, and how it moves people forward? Yeah, I mean, just being willing, you know, to be curious and think, you know, is there, is there a better way? Can someone help me? You know, a good coach is there as just a guide, uh, a jumping off point. I would always say that, you know, a coach is never going to tell you what to do but they'll just get you curious enough to maybe take that first step and get excited about maybe something you just didn't see. You know, we all have, uh, mm. I was talking to someone last night, another coaching colleague, it's impossible not to have blind spots. You know, that might sound like bad news, but the good news is that uh, anyone else doesn't have to, have to be a coach, but someone you trust or someone that can really just listen to you can usually coax it out in a loving way and then give you a way forward. Yeah. And, you know, the work that we explored in terms of the kind of psychology we looked at, um, I've got nothing on it because I actually know that every client has everything they need. I mean, there's times as a coach, if I'm honest, you know, you forget that and you get nervous when, in real time when you're coaching people. But that, that's the most amazing thing that I've picked yeah. up in my experience yeah. over the last, I would say, four years is that I don't need to try and fix anyone at all. Yeah. Uh, and actually, when I do, it's not that you're going to do damage. It just doesn't have the power and impact. And that person, it's like teach a man or a woman to fish. You know, it's not sustainable. But when you listen to someone at a deep level and have a really nice human connection, that's where the power of it, I wouldn't say magic, but that's where all of the source of wisdom and all of the solutions and creativity, that's where it all lives, right? And, and just linking what you've just said back to what you said earlier, um, what I noticed was the importance of care and love. So for you, you know, as a young manager, getting, you know, you talked about getting feedback in a loving way um, and then also having that care and love and giving that to your clients as well, which is something we, I, I think we don't talk about that very much in even in coaching circles but it just struck me then when you said that yeah and I actually didn't even <laughs> honestly I wasn't even aware that that would pop out it wasn't any yeah. that, that's the power of this stuff right that I've 
more and more these days I've just got nothing on it. Yes. And um, I, I'm still surprised when things pop up my brain and, you know, in conversations like this, because that's the impactful thing. If, if you don't get in the way of that and you let your wisdom shine through and just relax into, you know, really nice conversations. Yeah. I, I feel like we've got a good connection here and I'm not trying to think ahead. I'm just listening and enjoying the conversation. Yeah. And I think if I mirror that in the same way I work with clients, that's when I get really good results when I'm not trying to do anything, if that makes sense. Might sound terrible as a coach, you know, <laughs> trying to sell yourself, but but that's it, right? Because the more relaxed you are, even when you're not speaking, it's that unsaid energy that you're giving out. Yeah. So if I'm relaxed around my clients, when they're, for example, having a bit of a moment and they might be freaking out, uh, they're, they're probably going to settle into or get curious and think, okay, well, he seems okay. Maybe it's time to take it down a few notches and only then, right? You can really only listen when you're not really having a lot going on upstairs. Yeah. 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 um, I've just been listening to a webinar where the speaker talked about the the role of the coach as being, you know, giving the client the opportunity to, to kind of like just unpack that story and look at it from a few different angles and see it, see, you know, a new way forward. So we're not telling them what the story is. We're not changing the story. We're letting them do that examination for themselves just by creating that safe space and giving them, you know, a few few questions or um, summarising back or, you know, whatever other ways that we might do it to help them feel safe and also um, just tell them, tell them they're thinking a bit about where they are, what, you know, what they've been telling themselves and what's getting in the way because of what they're telling themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as I said to you before, we're interested in this whole concept of innate wisdom and we're trying to sort of gather great minds such as yourself to answer the question about you know, what is it and what does it do for you when you've got it and how do you get it? So, so starting with, you know, what, it, what does innate wisdom mean to you? I think it just means, I mean, the simplest way I could maybe unpack it is just, it's everything that you think you haven't got. That's the, that's the, the trickiness of it. And the I only thing that ever gets... <laughs> So on the, you know, on the nose, isn't it? That one, I love it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we all look as coaches or people who are in this game of trying to help and impact people. You know, I'm always looking for the the easiest, least path of resistance to explain it. Uh, And I think Mm. the more you just don't get in the way of it, the better it is. And that's it for me. I just know that we are born with the, with everything we need and we don't really lose it as such. And that connection we have, you know, that deep connection with, you know, call it wisdom, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. The only thing that kind of tricks us, and it's innocent because me too, I I don't see it. And I'm sure if you spoke to, you know, Mira, she can tell you many occasions, even today, when I didn't see it. But uh, for me, it's, it's the, the more I explore it, there's just, it's like a layers, layers and layers of yeah. Uh, okay, just really subtle. You know, it's not like it's eureka moments or, oh my God, I get the, you know, the all the answer to everything in existence and the universe. It's more <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more just like, wow, I haven't seen it like that. Really subtle. 
Uh, and that's what I say to my clients. It's like, when you think you've sussed it out, that's when there's probably a call to action to maybe get some help or, or just maybe ask yourself some further questions to get curious. You know, is that really true? Because I know for me, if I get really cocky or a bit ahead of myself in terms of thinking everything's fine, that's usually when I'm on the cusp of um, having a bit of a knockback or a setback or, you know, a bit of a rocky moment. Yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong, if all change does feel uncomfortable. Uh, and that, that's the thing, it's just being curious. Are those uncomfortable feelings, are they telling you something that's really bad? Or maybe you're on the cusp of some some really really nice change that's going to you know really help you in the future yeah I, I think this is for me this is a really important um point that you brought out because um you know i think i think there are some misconceptions both from coaches and clients about you know sort of getting into a happy place or mm. um you know putting on your positive mindset and repeating positive mantras and things like that when actually the the learning quite often takes place in in the discomfort and um just being with the feeling makes um and processing that can be the source of insight and, and wisdom um and, and a lot of our culture, I guess, is about avoiding and suppressing feelings. So uh, coaching is maybe, you know, one of the rare opportunities for people to to just hold that, as I say, hold the space and, and feel that they can go there. So, yeah, yeah. So what what's some of the um, sort of interesting or, you know, sort of things that have made a difference to you in your life or in the lives of your clients in terms of you know you've had some realization and it's it's kind of you know shifted the veil up away from your eyes you've seen it differently yeah i mean it's been truly life-changing just exploring this stuff as a coach but what really excites me i'm chuckling because i was talking to someone earlier today about you know what are some of the things because what's always tricky for people in this game, you know, when you're helping people is the marketing thing, because from a coach's perspective, or for example, you know, my business partner, my wife, Mira, who run the mind takeaway with, we're always yeah. curious, you know, have they got what they came for? And we, when we ran our last um, leadership boot camp, we were blown away and it was really amazing to see that they transformed and they all had very different, you know, experiences and takeaways. But half of the stuff that they took away, which they seen as valuable, it was a humbling lesson for us because it wasn't really on our shopping list of, yeah, they're going to get that. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so it's always a reminder now that I need to see it from both sides. You know, yeah. yes, it, we need to build something and you, it's always your best guess, right? But that was a real, really, really useful realization that... Uh, the way I would explain it sometimes, it, it doesn't always come across from, from the other side, from the client. And they might unpack it in a completely different way, if that makes sense. So yeah. one really simple one I can give you, which quite a few of the, nearly half the people took away, was they ended up supersizing their careers. So, for example, one person was saying, I'll never get promoted. 
I don't, you know, it was quite a big dose of like, say, imposter syndrome, that kind of thing. And they ended up being promoted. And I wasn't surprised because I didn't have anything on it. I kind of knew that they had everything they needed to do it. But um, that wasn't really in scope of what we were trying to help them with. So it was really cool. I think that the biggest realization for me personally is that you, you look and seek for solutions and you find something that maybe, you know, with the help of a really good coach, a, a pain point, or maybe just exploration. A lot of it was me just, for example, being on the training with you. I unearthed a lot of things I didn't, I wasn't even aware that were problems for me or things I was struggling with. So it's always just being curious that once you've resolved one thing, just be prepared for really nice gifts, just little, little subtle things where things will just end up unraveling on their own in a natural way. Uh, and that's the bit that blows my mind that you, you kind of resolve one thing and because you're relaxed and you're probably in tune with your wisdom and, you know, what, what you said, that innateness of, you know, we, we have all of that anyway, you're more likely, well, that's what we've seen as our experience with our clients and, and even for myself, that things will just resolve themselves, which is yeah. pretty amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We put so much effort into sorting it all out and then, yeah. um, it, you know, it's, it's usually that, as you say, the moment of clarity where you realise you no longer have to sort it out because <laughs> it's not a problem or it has resolved yeah. itself. And you know what? My wisdom yeah. used to get in the way and say, no, 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 I'm not happy with that. I need yeah. to suffer a bit more. <laughs> you know, Amir would laugh at me because I'm like a little baby. If I go through that cusp of uncomfortableness and then yeah. suddenly I'm like, oh, that's resolved. Oh, no, no, no. And then the, my yeah, ego goes back in the room. Yeah. So, no, 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 I don't want to let that go. I don't want to have an easy and wonderful life. You know, let, let's let's yeah. go through more pain and anguish. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. So working with... Um, you know creative um versus business leaders what what do you notice differences between them or you know underlying mm. everything is it basically the same that's a really good question because there are very di they're very different animals in terms of you yeah. look at them you know some of our clients are professional musicians for example versus someone who's in a corporate you know, working for a multinational company, managing a business unit, right? So yeah. they, they look like completely different worlds. But you'd be surprised that they, they all, if you're a human being, you have the same challenges as everyone else. Uh, and actually, it reminds me yeah. of this, that I need to always remind myself because, you know, I'm a professional musician as well, that they're not coming to us for safe to become better musicians. They're coming to us usually because they they need some help with, experience in you know just they're just existing and being you know experiencing life so they get stuck with for example fear anxiety um they might just not see something and again it's just they might not know 100 percent, but they'll say right you know i need maybe needs help with something and it's just for us to be there to listen to them and the first step for me is just to get really curious and say right okay tell me tell me what what's your best guess what what do you need help with yeah so yeah i think they are very different in terms of the labels and they would probably say prior to speaking to us that they you know yeah if, if you it's like chalk and cheese but usually they come for very similar things and for example i find leadership a very deeply creative thing to do 
Uh, and again, it depends on what you're doing as a leader, but I'd hazard a guess that you might say you're not creative in a, in, in a corporate context, but I get really excited about that because as soon as I spend 10 minutes with any human, I can coax out of them moments where they can, you know, they've obviously been very creative and then they end up um, thinking back and saying, actually, this is quite a, a creative role. And yeah, working with a musician, it's it's quite different because it's usually around the experience of, you know, there's, there's different challenges because for example, musicians can be isolated or they might've been on tour or a lot of it's actually quite similar to, to, to the corporate. It could be burnout, for example. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's yeah. parallels to both, you know, people get burnout. I did in the, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder as much as I did when I was actually doing gigs and, you know, traveling and really not getting enough sleep and then wondering why I couldn't see with clarity, you know? <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, I I love what you've shared there. You know, just because um, coaches often wonder what their niche should be. You know, maybe oh, yeah. they're waiting for that kind of moment of insight that you know, oh yeah, I know now. I'm I'm going to coach. I don't know jockeys or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I love the way that you you know you brought together your two worlds. I mean, they're not two worlds, but you know what I mean. The the, the parts of your past experience, um, being a musician yourself, and also having worked in business, where you've you've just brought along your own experiences and and helped you know others to unpack theirs and and just got them into that place where they can see for themselves. So yeah, lovely. So I was listening to something earlier. Um, I think this guy's name was, was it Peter V? Um, who was interviewing you. Oh, um, Brian V. Oh, Brian V. Yeah. Prior to recording, this was the guy I was saying that was um, based in, in, in Asia. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to all of it, but I did, I did hear that originally started out as a paper boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually posted something on LinkedIn and I didn't realise how much it was going to blow up, you know, that uh, I was just curious. I, it wasn't like I was collecting even data or, you know, it had anything linked to the business. Uh, it, he actually coaxed out some interesting stuff. No one had ever asked me that before as well. He was like, yeah, so yeah, was what, what was your first job? And I was like, <laughs> I had to stop for a minute because I was just never, you know, the last yeah. question I ex expected. And uh yeah, so it was a paper boy, and I think at the same time, pretty much in parallel. I And this is, just to be clear, I didn't even want to do this. I just thought, okay, well, I've been asked, I'm a per you know, my dad was like, yeah, it's a good it'll be good for you, you know. Delivering milk at, like, f between 4 or 5 a.m. I mean, they don't do that these days, right, anywhere, especially in the UK. But, uh, yeah, but I actually learned a lot from these jobs, and I think that was um, his podcast kind of explores, you know, it's yeah. good to work and what, what you get from that experience and what did you learn yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. And what, what I noticed about it was even at that tender age of, I think you said 13, you still <laughs> had that kind of drive to kind of like go out and earn money yeah. and, you know, I suppose make something of yourself. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I had a chat with my mother. Uh, this was a couple of months back, and I, you know, you forget because 
you can't remember all of this stuff, right? But she's like, you were, you were very driven. You were very sure about what you wanted to do. But if I'm honest, I really struggled in school in that time. I, I'm this cliche, deeply creative person. And I really wasn't good at, you know, the core subjects, math, English, all of this stuff. And again, I'm not going to blame the teachers, but it wasn't a great experience for me, if I'm honest. But for whatever reason, what I can remember, and, and it was good that my some of my family were reminding me of late, that for some reason I had this just this guidance system, which I know what it is now, and it was just saying, just do it, it's fine. Um, not to say that I didn't freak out like anyone else, and when you're a child, you know, you don't really understand the psychology back then, and things are scary, and all the other things that naturally you face, you know, through your life. But yeah, for whatever reason, it just that in the guidance system kept me, <laughs> you know, it was wobbly, but it kept me pretty, pretty upright. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that. for that. I love that, that you, even at that early age, you had some recognition of that, which, yeah. you know, without putting a name to it, but just having that recognition, I thought, oh, that's fabulous. And, yeah, and, and I don't think, sorry, I don't think I was, it wasn't something I was like, oh, that's it. You know, it just happened, I guess, naturally. And yeah it's only years later I've kind of reflected and thought actually that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and you also around that time you um start another job if you like working as a, a dj as well so again this sort of creativity forming you know being being up in front of people that seems like it's it's always been there for you is that you know again is that fair you know what? It's hard to answer that one because I've actually been pondering over that. At the time, like I say, when I was in school and at that age, although I was, I loved that kind of thing. I really loved music, absorbed everything, learned how to DJ. But behind the scenes, I actually thought I was a complete introvert. I wasn't really, I was super quiet. And actually when some of my school friends years later found out that I was a professional DJ and you know, performing in front of the hundreds, then thousands of people. They were super shocked because I was so meek, you know, so muted back then. Um, well, that's what I can remember. Uh, and again, I, I'm always curious about this label, introvert, extrovert. I just don't think they exist. Um, and again, if I attach that to leadership now, you know, yeah. right now, we just, we just convince ourselves that we're this or the other. I can actually swing to both extremes and I don't think I'm unique in any way if I'm honest and and I've explored this with our clients as well I always say to them look you might think that you know you're super quiet on all of this but I'm pretty sure if we revert you know rewind back and we get curious we'll find examples where you had a really strong voice and, and again equally there's times when you knew to be quiet and I said, that's probably just your inner guidance system keeping you in check. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind performing in front of thousands of people. But, yeah, there's certain social situations, if I'm honest, which I don't, you know, I still find it quite challenging to deal with, even though I guess if people look at what I'm doing now, it looks like I'm in everyone's face, you know. <laughs> but, but it's not that easy, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I'm again you've touched on something there this question about introversion and extroversion mm. and that i specifically remember that that limiting beliefs exercise that we did together mm. yeah you, you challenged me 
on that very point, you know, from my background, having been in HR and learned, you know, psychometric testing and mm, used yeah. various different profiling tools, all of which, you know, one of the key labels that uh, gets attached to people is introversion and extroversion. And, um, you know, it can come with it with a certain amount of baggage, I guess, to say that. And, and possibly even gives you an excuse not to do things that, you know, are yeah. you know, you know, a little bit difficult. Yeah, that exercise is really powerful, right? And, and it's a really good thing that you mentioned it because when I think back about my corporate career, I re honestly, I really hated those, you know, Again, I, I'm grateful that people were willing to invest in the wonderful training and stuff, but I really dreaded even, you know, it's wonderful that they put you up, you send you somewhere, but <laughs> it's really challenging for me, if I'm honest, back then, because I didn't know what I know now. And I really felt uncomfortable when someone said, you're in that box, you know, and they did these exercises and this is what colour you are. And obviously yeah. because I'm my, again, and this is even a story I'm telling myself, I always would say my default state is super creative and an artist and all that. But even yeah. that's BS, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, but I think as a leader, what you, the more comfortable you get just being authentic and just being you, the more you'll just be able yeah. to riff and deal with whatever you have to deal with. And sometimes you have to be, you know, up there and lead by example and have a strong voice. And other times you know not to say anything in a meeting yeah. uh, and you learn that the hard way right you know I help clients I love that because I'm saying look maybe you just don't need to get into any discussions and maybe if you if you want to be really taken seriously then only to speak when there's something impactful to say and and again just to be clear for people listening that's not trying to be a smart ass that's just like if you really truly believe you're going to add value then you know don't be mute say it but I used to, <laughs> yeah, so go back to the train and I found it really difficult. I think the jumping off points when you do these tests, right? There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that I got so, such a, even a physical response to them, mm. that even that was a bad thing, if I'm honest. There's nothing bad about it. It's just that you need to take them with a pinch of salt. The, the challenge for me is my previous managers used to hold me to them. And that's what used to cause the friction. Yeah. And to dare I say in a few roles, that was probably the jump off point for me to to leave and find something where I was allowed to yeah. be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll come on to that in a minute because I, I okay. talk yeah. about your um, is it diversity, equity and inclusion or equality yeah. inclusion. Anyway, um, but yeah. before we, we sort of leave the limiting beliefs exercise I, I think you've brought it out really nicely about you know you can tell yourself that story um you know in, in my case I was talking about you know I just can't get up in front of groups but then uh, with a few questions from yourself and Jane Gray who was with us at the time it, well hold on a minute actually there's some evidence that you can do this and you have done it, and you actually you've been doing it on a regular basis. You maybe haven't categorised it in the same way because it might have been leading a meeting or, um, you know, giving a, a, a business presentation as opposed to doing a facilitation. But you're still, you know, you can't you can't really say to yourself when you've had that evidence pointed out, well, I can't stand up in front of groups. 
because the evidence is there that you can <laughs> and that that's what you were just pulling out there uh, you know in terms of we tell ourselves the stories we give ourselves the labels and then um we believe that until until we kind of get pointed back in the direction of well hold on a minute you know that's not that's not all you are whatever mm. you're saying you are or you aren't that's exactly not yeah, yeah. So, um, so i think i think that probably quite nicely leads us on to you know the authentic leadership and particularly in the context of diversity um because i know you're, you're going to be speaking on that and that, there was a particular phrase in that snippet that we posted about that by helping people to to be um authentic leaders creates a space for their team to to bring who you know who they really are and to to give their best work and that's um yeah i thought that was pretty powerful actually so so what 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 are the what are the secrets of becoming an authentic leader <laughs> you, you know i, I yeah, I love talking about this. I mean, this is something I really get a buzz off because, yeah. I, you know, like we alluded to before, I have had some experience of leading people. And, you know, I, I like anyone, I've, I had lots of fails like we do and did things and annoyed people. But what I realized is, you know, again, it was just really listening to people, really being in tune with, you know, when you're off and also just checking in with yourself. And if I was off, I'm not being authentic myself then how could I possibly show up and A, do my best work? But the second part of that is, how would anyone really follow me over a cliff? <laughs> that sounds really bad, doesn't it? But you know what I mean? Is like, yeah, if you when, when trust the, yeah, when the extra effort's required, who's going to come with you? Yeah, like I was truly humbled in my career many times when I had to come cap in hand because I was getting a rollicking off my seniors and saying you need you, we need to do more you know they want yeah. more and i was like really okay and then i go back a bit sheepish to a meeting and say look guys we need to do a little bit more is anyone willing to do a bit of overtime or whatever it was yeah. right and they were like yeah we hate we hate you right now but you know what we'll do it because actually we know you've got your back so it, it wasn't as that it wasn't said that clear but they would it was just unspoken they did it in their action yeah. and then yeah. honestly there was days when i remember one day i was in tears because i was just so blown away because i was felt so guilty for adding that extra pressure but they were like look it's okay and one of them was coaching me it was brilliant it, it was like reverse the reverse roles yeah. when i was having a you know a one-to-one -one. they were like it's okay you know because you've given it forward so much for us we didn't even stop to think and, and, and she said it was really cute this i wouldn't say it is but She's like, yeah, we had a little teepee, you know, we all got together and we just said, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but we know it's not Peter, so let's just do it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, when I talk about this stuff, it was, I think the, the, the first step is just don't be a horrible human. And what I mean by that is we all get lost. We all get angry sometimes. And I do, you know, I'm not perfect, but it's own up to that. Uh, so the first step for me is, you know, creating psychological safety is just say, look, guys, I might have the label of being the leader, but I really look to you guys. I, I hear you. I'm listening to you. I really respect everything about you. And then the second stage for me was just, again, just take an interest in everyone. And it's not a strategy because you can do that in a really insidious way and not be authentic about it. 
but for me it was just like just you know what do they do outside of work you, you don't have to know everything because I, I appreciate people's boundaries as well you know some of my best people in the past didn't really tell me much you know it took years to actually coax out of them you know I didn't even know one guy had a wife you know that I mean that's <laughs> I'm joking but you know yeah. and I, I don't mind that but just showing an interest so they know where their boundary lies with me as well so and then they get comfortable so if they feel the need to be able to spill the guts or they want to tell me something they know the door's always open Uh, and then the rest of it is just just go on a deep exploration with those people and you'll find all of the answers because i'm not one for kind of saying you know the seven steps to psychological safety (laughs) or any of that i think it really is very personal to you on your leadership journey but they're the obvious things you know get better at listening yeah um because for example the guy that we both were trained by our wonderful mentor um he really caught me out one day because i was giving it all you know i'm the best listener i'm an audio engineer so i guess sounds my thing but what i realized is i was listening to reply and be smart and i wasn't listening at all you know where there wasn't anything cognitive going on in my head yeah. So what I explore, or well, it's a bit of a tease, right? But what I talk about in the summit as part of the content is like, look, you really need to just get comfortable listening and being vulnerable because you will get things wrong and it's okay because you're not an oracle, right? So if you don't share when you've messed stuff up, trust me, your team, your people, my direct reports have always known they're quick. They're not stupid, right? They know when you mess up. It's easier to come cap in hand, tail between your legs, even if you don't feel confident, you know, you should tell them this because it it does feel like, you know, you're giving a lot of power away. But I would actually argue that that's where the impact and power is because as soon as you show your humanity to anyone, guess what happens? They relax. They're like, oh, you're just like me. Yeah. And yeah, they might they might laugh at you. You know, I had some really tricky things when I was like, "Look, I got that wrong," and a few of them like, "Ha ha," you know. But you, trust me, it's better to do that and get that out, out the way up front and have that conflict and get on yeah. with it, than try and cover that up because the amount of damage I've seen, even innocent, but the amount of damage I've seen, you know, managers and leaders doing by lying to the people and again not setting out of an agenda but just being so scared to show their humanity and that's kind of all my point that really mm. just be yourself be okay when you get things wrong even though it's horrible sometimes to have to admit to it but the the, the response you'll get will be absolutely transformational for you because you'll be humbled by it. you can't not be because yeah. the leveler for you you know doesn't matter what position you're in it's just if you want to connect and have an impact and get amazing results just be a good human and you know one of the um one of the arguments for diversity is yeah that by having you know a diverse group of people working together um you know having different perspectives gives rise to these greater greater creativity mm, definitely yeah. and I, just as you know i was thinking about some of these things before before we started talking it occurred to me probably for the first time i'm ashamed to admit but do you think that innate wisdom is a capacity that you can have as a group 
as opposed to just an individual? Wow, that's an interesting question. I, I guess it's my best guess. I, I would say I've experienced it. But as you know, I mean, I'm such a geek. I research about this stuff all the time. I'm absorbing yeah. books. Mira's sick of me because I'm like, oh, let's buy another 15 yeah. books. And yeah, I'm, only one, I'm only one human being, so I can't read them all. But yeah, my best guess right now, and just from having like a, seeing it in action, is that, again, it's going back to that human connection. I know we keep labouring the point, but once you have... A, you know you feel a connection to someone even though it is a feeling you know you can trick yourself that it doesn't exist I think it always there's no off switch you are connected to everything it sounds weary doesn't it but I really think that you can have a collective wisdom for sure because mm-hmm. I, correct me if I'm wrong I, if I think back of some of the things we did in group work you know sometimes it, it was just unsaid you just felt that yeah. We'd already resolved what, what someone or you know, you, you can feel a collective shift. And if you go back to, you know, the label I'm of creativity. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but that, that, that's it. And I think, again, it's really difficult to prove because it's not tangible. It's not something you can bottle. But when, when I say to people who are a little bit resistant to it or they're like, yeah, prove it. I'm like, well, do I really need to prove it? But I'm saying that in a loving way. I'm just saying I don't, I've got nothing on it. Um, I was saying to, the, yeah. to someone recently, I was like, I, I don't want to argue with you because I really, I don't feel it makes sense to do that. All I'm saying is if, you, if you're curious about this stuff, go out and test it in the world yourself. And that's the most powerful thing that you can give to your clients or if you're trying to help yeah. someone. I'm like, well, this is just my best guess. I, I not believe or think, I know that I've experienced it but I can't prove it to you. Yeah. But I can give you an example where if you go off and try it in that context, I'm pretty sure you'll be blown away at some point. And then the amount, the amount of people who come back and they're like, oh my God, it happens all the time. And I'm like, but the thing is, I didn't think that as well. And I have to concede that when you put yourself in the shoes of a client or you know, helping my mom or whoever it is, or friends, I'm always like, yeah, I've been there. And sometimes I can get ahead of myself and get a bit cocky, right? And that's when I lose the connection again. So for me, it's just reminding myself, I actually was very skeptical of all this stuff. And I still am sometimes because when you don't see it and you're in a bad place or you're having some feelings about something and you can't unravel it, Mm. you are going to be skeptical until, you know, you get back into that innate state again. And then you're back in the room, the light comes on and you're like, hmm. (laughs) Like like this nice feeling we can, you know, I'm feeling now just having this conversation. Yeah. That's what we're always looking for, right? Everyone yeah. is searching for that nice space. Yeah. And I guess that that nice space, whatever that feels, looks like for you, when, you've, when you experience it, that's going to be the source of everything that you need, creativity, wisdom, mm. everything, resilience, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it just sort of brings it home to me, the you know people talk about the importance of the role of the leader um but the you know creating the opportunity for people to be themselves to be to be recognized and to bring who they really are as opposed to you know what labels they put on themselves or whatever 
or what other labels other people put on them. But that's, that's the power of a leader's role, isn't it? It isn't about being, you know, the best, best at budgeting or, you know, product development or something like that. It's mm. actually the harnessing the power of the team together. Yeah, that's where the power is. I mean, yeah. all the best leaders I know and people like yourself who know you can impact others. It's not because you're like, oh, I'm the best at this and I'm better than you. It's, it's literally because you know that the power is in that collective yeah. effort. And for me, that I'm always looking to the people I managed in the past. Uh, and they were always surprised. I'll give you one really good example because uh, I talked about this in our leadership program that when I managed um, quite a diverse team in the UAE in Dubai and it was a really tough gig because it was a culture shock. I'd only just moved to the Middle East. Language barrier, Arabic, all, lots of things in the mix. Yeah. And then they were in different places, different offices, different countries. And it, it was a tough gig initially. But what I realised is as soon as I just realized I had to be patient to get them at this reset the clock stage where I was like, look, I'm not going to come and tell you what to do. And it was quite tough because the leadership style in that culture in Asia and the Middle East at the time, and then for good or bad was that, you know, I'm going to come in and shout at you and you're going to do exactly what I want and you're not going to take ownership. <laughs> and I came from a place where I'd have had the, that drummed out of me, you know, that that's not a good place to be. And uh, yeah. so anyway, it took a while, but once they got to that state where they were like, ah, actually I'm the most important part in the team. And so are you, and we're all, I don't, I don't like to say all in this together because it's a bit cheesy, right? But we're all responsible. So what I always used to say is, yes, I, I am responsible for everything, all the moving parts. However, your, your part to play in that is that let's all trust each other and I trust you to get on with it. Yeah. And it does take a bit of courage and it does take a lot of tinkering and going back and picking up the pieces when people get it wrong. But yeah. it blew me away. Uh, and, and I was actually surprised at that stage. This was way back in, what, 2008, that, um, that the results came in quick and fast. And then that's when I think that was one of the first times when I really knew that's it. That's exactly what you need to, to be able to build high performing teams. Um, because I, I, I kind of knew that I was experienced, right? Otherwise I wouldn't have probably got the role, but I didn't see it that clearly. And that was a, a tipping point for me where I was like, wow. And it wasn't like, wow, I'm, I'm amazing. I was just like, wow, this team's amazing. Just with a bit of, you know, a bit of love and TLC, that's what you get. Yeah. versus micromanaging, bullying. Um, and, I, you know, just to be clear, I know people don't usually set out to do that, but it's usually fear or, you know, just an innocence that usually then leads to more toxic or destructive actions. Mm. And, yeah, I'm, so, I'm really grateful that I went through it because it was a tough gig initially. It wasn't yeah. the easiest role, but I, I'm glad I went through that transformation for myself because I actually interviewed the people who were in my team quite recently um and i asked them i said look i've got nothing on it i'm not looking for like you know cheesy um testimonial stuff like that yeah. i just genuinely want to know what was it like back then you know what did you get out of it and i was careful not to say you know trying to put me on a pedestal and it was really interesting what they said they, they all kind of said i felt empowered and it was the first time where i knew that i could do anything i wanted to do within reason if it's because it, because it was on me 
and they all ended up in more senior roles than me, if I'm honest. They're all like heads of compliance and stuff like that still in the Middle East. So that just blew me away. Um, yeah. But I didn't set out to do that, by the way. I mean, Mira and I didn't say, right, let's start, let's start coaching leaders. That was completely, you know, we stumbled yeah. on it. Yeah. I guess I'm not surprised in hindsight now because we've both done that. But, um, you, know, you know, going back to the niche bit, yeah, that was really tough for me too. And I don't even know if we've got there either. You know, we're, we're just enjoying working with these people right now. It's our best guess if that's, you know, we, we're trying to help as many people as we can without going too fast and, you know, stumbling. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah. And you're based in Berlin. Um, for now, yeah. Um, yeah. And do you work mainly in Germany or, or is it, you know, do you offer international programmes as well? we've always been international but uh, i guess pre-covid it was more local if that makes sense especially for uh for mira um but we funny enough we were already planning and we were grateful to be trained you know we we had this experience together where we were already well versed with zoom and all the technology years before covid happened which was really great for us because by the time this crisis or so-called crisis happened we were like yeah okay of course, we were still like everyone else. Wow, this is a bit scary. But we knew exactly what to do. And it wasn't even a pivot. We were just like, well, in fact, we were two or three days into our first proper leadership uh, boot camp. And we'd had swanky hotel booked and all of that. But instead of panicking, we were like, well, okay. To be fair, for our clients, they panicked a bit and it took a few sessions yeah. where we were, you know, a bit tricky, where we were like, let's not talk about COVID anymore, you know. But we realised that we could just go straight online without any real friction. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So if people want to find out more about the Mind Takeaway, where, where do they look? Yeah, you can contact us on the website. It's themindtakeaway.com slash podcast as well because the, the podcast is pretty much just what we've been talking about today to be yeah. fair we talk to coaches some clients creative lots of different diverse people from different backgrounds but what underpins it is just same thing human connection wisdom and eightness that kind of thing and yeah if anyone wants to reach out on linkedin <coughs> yeah please do <coughs> okay yeah, I've just recovered. Sorry, I got a frog in my throat there. The um, uh, Gary will edit that bit out. Ah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, that seems like quite a good place to stop. I don't know how long we we've been talking, but um, wow, it's it's been nearly an hour. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, isn't it? So um, yeah, probably shouldn't take up any more of your time. But um, it's been absolutely fabulous to just touch base with you again. And, and oh, likewise. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool to just have a reminder. And I'd forgotten about, you know, some of those wonderful sessions that we did. Yeah. And I got just as much as you, you know, we all did, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, what, what, what just came off then, I don't know why I thought about it. When I talk about that, you know, introvert, extrovert bit as well, I knew that, you were good at what you did for sure even though we were still trying to get to know each other and I actually was just mirroring myself when because I used to really struggle and I convinced myself that public speaking and I actually really got into trouble in my work in the previous role because I would do everything I could to avoid it if that makes <laughs> sense. 
And then guess yeah. what? I love this stuff now. But not to say yeah. that, you know, sometimes, you know, even minutes before I'm like, oh. <laughs> but the, the, the only difference now, I just, I just get on with it. Because I just know that I'm still going to feel uncomfortable, but I'd rather just get on with it because there's no risk. It's yeah. probably better doing it versus like I did before, sitting on my hands or hiding in the toilet or yeah. you know, do, do whatever it did to try and avoid those uncomfortable feelings. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that exercise is amazing because it, it, just, it just reminds you that it's just a mirror on yourself. We all struggle yeah. and experience these things. And the more you can just be like, well, me too. And I'm pretty sure that you can do it. It's yeah. not like you're cheerleading. You just know 100% or I do that underneath yeah. all of that thinking, you've got, got it in spades, right? Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. We could go on all night. but I know. Yeah. <laughs> Great to see you again. Um, Likewise. Thank you. That was really cool. And Mira yeah. as well. Thank you. And so what, 